Well, welcome to Fresh New Hell, the uh, first inaugural episode where we discussed uh, or discuss past, present, and future happenings, events, and pretty much whatever's on our minds at that point in time, covering conspiracy and current events and all the things in between. So um, I'm here with my guest host, Mary. My name is Frost. And uh, tonight in this episode, or at least today in this episode, we are discussing the new show on Amazon Prime called Utopia, which has a lot of themes and topics that parallel what's going on right now. So I've seen the whole thing. It's eight episodes. It was released uh, this month, September 2020. And um, But my co-host and I just watched like the first episode, so I was going to let her give her take because I know she had a lot of questions and a lot of insights into uh, the episode and certainly wanted to know what happened. And obviously, I kind of spoiler alert, I won't give it to you necessarily, but I kind of told her what happened. And uh, But the good news is it's only season one, and hopefully it will make it to a season two because it is really, really interesting, and I can certainly give you the background without spoiling too much. But Mary, um, what uh, what did you think of the pilot episode? I found it very fascinating, uh, especially all the 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 ways that it's kind of tying into current events today. Uh, the fact that it has an uh, unknown virus, at least as far as I'm into the episode so far, what we know is that there is a virus. It is spreading rapidly. Lots of unknown variables, very similar to what we're experiencing with COVID. So I thought it was interesting the timing of it. I know we right. spent a little bit of time researching, trying to see like when it was filmed, trying to figure mm-hmm. out, even though it was just released this year. I think we're pretty confident that it was filmed last year. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some crowd scenes in there. Um, it kind of opens with a Comic-Con sort of event called FringeCon, which has a lot of people. So I'm assuming the um, you know all involved weren't taking any chances. And that was probably filmed at the end of last year, prob- I'm assuming. And they just decided to release it now. It is interesting that the timing is kind of interesting. And there's even a disclaimer at the beginning of the program saying that this is completely fictional and, you know, not prophetic. And with all the conspiracy theory people like, like she and I are kind of in a sense, um, that's, what's really appealing about it. But there are a lot of parallels going on the, in this one, it kind of affects a, a younger crew. And again, not trying to spoil it for anybody, but, um, it, it, it does necessarily, uh, where the COVID, you know, virus obviously at first was believed to affect the elderly more than anybody. Now it seems like everyone's getting it, teens and everybody in between and kids as well. So, but, um, you know, any other insights from the first episode again, I mean, I guess there's probably going to be spoilers anyway, and hopefully people have seen this, uh, by the time they hear this podcast. So, and if not, you guys can certainly comment and tell us they were, were, you know, a bunch of a-holes and yeah, thanks for the spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I I just found the whole thing very, very fascinating. I think that the essential characters are very similar to what you see in characters, uh, today. There's the head of the company that may or may not have released it, may or may not be developing the vaccine for it. There's a a scientist type person that's involved in it. And then there's, you know, there's a whole sub story to it with the Comic-Con aspect and the comic book and the thing that they're researching and trying to follow that, that does parallel it. But I, I think that the interesting part of it is how closely it is tied to current events. And then you have to wonder, are all these things that are closely tied to current events, are they prophetic for the events to come? Are they something that we're recognizing as being current events because they are, so close to what's happening now like is it indicative of what's coming or is it preparing us to be comfortable for it 
you have to wonder with so many different uh, movies, TV shows, documentaries, things about viruses, that this isn't really a surprise to us. Like, we're not really shocked. Yeah, I mean, there is that side of the idea that we talked about, you know, off mic, about a self-fulfilling prophecy and the idea of introducing these concepts to a mainstream audience or an American audience or a worldwide audience. So when they do really do happen, like what is currently happening, it isn't necessarily, um, you know, pandemonium or anarchy or craziness, even though those are byproducts or maybe not of the virus, but being cooped up and being quarantined with, again, some of the, um, um, the protests going on and or rioting that's been going on with some of the Black Lives Matter stuff. Um, you know, again, if, uh, if we weren't all quarantined and locked down across the nation for months on end, who knows? I mean, you know, all the events still could have unfolded, but maybe we still wouldn't be having um, those types of disruptions still in, you know, in the Pacific Northwest or across the country. And I mean, who knows? But but that's, you know, getting away from the point we were kind of just discussing the idea that, again, this type of mass media, it can not only be prophetic, but again, maybe through collective consciousness and by mainstream audiences seeing it, how much do we therefore create um, ourselves? I mean, we're not scientists, we're not virologists, we're not creating viruses, but, and it doesn't mean that doctors are being influenced to say, hey, I'm going to be a James Bond villain and I'm going to make a horrible virus. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I highly doubt it, but it's, is it possible? I mean, sure. And then more importantly, again, just because it's in our collective consciousness or, you know, again, at the top of our heads, um, again, are we shaping our future based on the media that we see? And if not, you know, where do those creators get those ideas? Now, of course, most things are all derivatives of other things that they've already seen or read, or again, they might be reading scientific journals and they might be, you know, whatever, looking at, you know, patterns of geese flying over and who, who knows, but it is an interesting idea to that, uh, our mass media continues to have these types of themes in them. You know, again, viruses and outbreaks and violence, which has always been around. And um, and then we even talked about earlier off mic about, you know, the Terminator and those types of things, artificial intelligence. And for every good scientific idea, there's always going to be somebody or the government or whoever that might want to use it to weaponize it or make it something, um, distort it to turn it into something else. And, you know, what is the influence of media on those thoughts? And, you know, when everybody has the same type of thought process, when it takes a form, I mean, is, is that true? You know, can we all manifest it? I mean, I think you can as a, on an individual level, but as a group level, um, it's kind of an interesting idea to think about. That, that is really opening up a really different idea than what I was thinking about. I was thinking when you were saying all that, that that's really kind of, the very description of art imitating life and life imitating art. Sure. You know, are we, are we writing movies that are mimicking what's happening or is what's happening mimicking what we've written in movies? You know, that's yeah. where it gets really squirrely. And, and like you said, we were discussing Terminator and it's always funny when you hear people inventing all this AI and you're like, wait, didn't you see Terminator? This is a terrible idea. Right. But you, you find that no one has that kind of hindsight. You know, no one, no one is watching the, this utopia series going, I don't think we should research viruses anymore, you know, but that should be the logical conclusion. If this, let's say COVID really did release from the lab, let's say it was really human error. Okay. Why would we be researching these viruses? You know, this seems like the knowledge that we would gain 
seems to be smaller than the the harm that is caused. Right. And I think that that maybe if if nothing else, that that would be a discussion that could come out of it. You know, I don't even know that people necessarily need a blame to go around, but let's not do it again. You know, let's mm-hmm. have some common sense about it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned again off mic at dinner that the Wuhan thing could have been scientists manipulating a, a known virus and somehow based on their their cleanliness, whatever processes, protocols, what have you, somehow it magically escaped the lab. Um which is obviously tragic. But the question then, the, the, the prior question is, what are you doing with a virus and manipulating it? What are you trying to do? Now, my mind always goes to, unfortunately, probably like most people, to the negative. Like, oh, it's probably trying to be weaponized or they're trying to figure out, even if it's not to kill off a, you know, the world, maybe we're going to go ahead and manipulate it to see if we can. And then more importantly, what can we do with that manipulation? Maybe we can test it on a small group or a control group to see what the effects are short-term and long-term. I mean, either way you slice it, it's a virus. So <laughs> I, I don't know what the end goal, other than to harm other people, would be, sadly. But, uh, and again, we, we don't know if that's 100% true. But, um, right. but again, yeah, it's kind of like playing Mother Nature and like why, why even, you know, again, um, introduce the possibility of of disaster. Right. I, I think the funnier part is that nobody is going, Oh geez, that never would happen. Like, of course everybody's like, Oh yeah, Dr. Evil in the mountain. Of course they're making a virus for all evil things. You know, no one's right. thinking that they're doing anything for good. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, even if they were the risk to reward has to be thought of to, Hey, maybe you guys aren't equipped to research these things. If they can so easily get out you know, and even if it wasn't so easily, but it easily got out, maybe it's not the brightest idea to research it in that way. Maybe there's a yeah. different protocol that they can use yeah. to gain whatever knowledge that they're gaining from it. Right. And probably one of the common themes you're going to find in some of our conversations and something, again, we spoke about off mic, is the idea that a lot, many times um, things always boil down to greed or money or power or something, which are those base things that everybody knows about. And it's not, not a secret, but it is pretty sad when it, but that's the way you think about stuff. You know, you think about things like, again, what, what is the benefit of manipulating this virus? And maybe who knows, maybe they had some rich, crazy person who said, Hey, if you can turn this into something else, maybe it was for something for the good. Um, I find that hard to believe, but it's possible. And maybe that person did charge these, these, uh, you know, again, these Chinese scientists to go ahead and manipulate it and turn it into something good. And unfortunately it didn't happen and it got loose. Um, but you know, that's a different conversation, but it is, but it's, you know, there's a, it, the, uh, the media today definitely, you know, certainly makes you think, and that could be other, another component of, again, I think great media, it could be in the written word or video or, or music or whatnot, or, or things podcast. That, or podcast, um, make people think a little bit, think for themselves, even if it's the craziest, most conspiratorial thing you can think of. Uh, I think there's thinking, yeah, that, and I think that a lot of people do think that way in a sense, you know, the craziest, I mean, we live right now, in in my opinion, spinning off a little bit, you know, in a total world of opposites, it seems like all these bedrocks of things like the Bill Cosby's of the world and maybe not the Harvey Weinstein's, but you know, in his own right, in terms of producing great films, you know, these things are all being turned on their ears and you find out that these people are all you know scumbags and rapists and it's, it's, it's just, it's 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 weird. culture oh, now, yeah, that yeah, they call sure. it you yeah, know where yeah, you yeah. can only have one tiny mistake in anything or one huge mistake but you're out you know there's no 
right. no baseball anymore. There's no three strikes to anything. You know, there's no, no. There's too many people online. Too many like you know, again, people piling, you know, dog piling onto, you know, whatever the cause may be. And, you know, God forbid you're in the middle of that or in front of it. I mean, you, like you said, you could just say one wrong thing and you're done. Right. You know, and it's it's online forever and people are going to remember you as, oh, you're that person who did this or that. And then, you know, even if you might have even been exonerated, you know, like a you know, Michael Jackson's probably not the best one. But, yeah, but, but no one know, reads the retraction. Yeah. They, yeah. That's my point. My point is, is, is the news is, is good and people pile on to it. And then, you know, again, even if you get exonerated later, you're a footnote in a magazine or on a website or in a podcast, or wherever it may be, that might not be enough, you know, and, and where are you going to go? And now, nowadays, media is everywhere, as we know, and you can't escape it. So. Right. And I, I think it's hard for about, you know, when you, you spoke of the Weinsteins and the Cosbys, there are situations where people are deserving of it. Those people are deserving of the ostracization. You shouldn't have a show. You shouldn't have a career. You should lose your privileges. The hard ones are the ones that are smaller, uh, maybe some ancillary small comment that got taken out of context where they've lost everything for an accident. Well, there's that too. Yeah. There's a lot of times that people will read headlines or they read something on social media. They don't know the whole story. And I'm not saying I know every story either, but they'll go ahead and parrot that back to somebody and not have all the information, unfortunately. And even that can be damning because the other person they're speaking to might not do the research, nor they might not, not even care. But then they just think that last impression they got from their friend was, oh, this guy's a scumbag. And that's what they think. Right. You know, and, and that's then the one that sticks. Right. And they're spreading it to other people again who might be similar in the way they think or they don't do the research or they don't care. And they're, and therefore, you know, that becomes a reality. Um, yeah. for everything that they touch, even though it's completely false and they didn't actually have all the facts, unfortunately. But that's the world we live in right now, yeah. I mean, for sure. Definitely. So, well, that was our quick take on Utopia. We're going to try to keep the uh, the episodes kind of tight, even though I know I, I ramble a little bit. Um, uh, you better get used to it if you want to listen to this one. So um, that was episode one of Fresh New Hell, and uh, we hope that you uh, subscribe and uh, listen to future episodes. Hopefully we have something, to, you know, even if you disagree with us, hopefully we have something that will at least maybe make you think. And I, I think there's as much as there could be a danger to that. I think there's a lot of good that comes out of it as well. You Definitely know, want to spark conversation. Yeah. At a, at a very, very minimum. Love us, hate us. Um, we're okay with that. I mean, I'm okay with that. I won't speak for Mary, but I'll say I'm okay with that. I so. think we're both okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> right, my name is Frost. This is Mary. Fresh New Hell. Thank you for listening. And we will uh, see you in the next one.